Welcome to More to Come, PW Comic World's weekly podcast on graphic novel and comics publishing. Uh, I'm Calvin Reed, a contributing editor at Publishers Weekly. Check us out online at publishersweekly.com slash comics. Okay, more to come, listeners. I, we got another treat for you, another graphic novel bundle, you could say. Uh, I'm going to be, I've got a great interview for you today. We're going to be talking about the graphic history of hip hop in the 50 year anniversary, in the anniversary year of hip hop. And I'm going to be talking with uh, Dr. Walter Greason and Tim Fielder, who people know from other, from his other uh, appearances on this show. Hey, uh, uh, very quickly, Walter Greason, a distinguished scholar of Afrofuturism, American uh, and world history in the Department of History at McAllister College in Minnesota. He's also the author of six books. He's had other projects. We'll bring that into this discussion as well. You know Tim Fielder. He's my man. He's an illustrator. He's a comics artist. He is the an animator. He's the head diesel funketeer. He is also the author of Infinitum. And if you want to know more about Infinitum, a a kind of dazzling conceptual graphic novel, you can go to the archive of more to come and we talk all about it. And Maddie's Rocket, a fabulous another graphic novel. He's also got other things to talk about. Anyway, I go on and on. Hey, thanks both of you for being on More to Come. Thank you. Joy to be here. Okay, we're talking about this book uh, and we're talking about hip hop. Uh, this amazing, you know, it's just yet another legacy of of uh, African-American and uh, people of color's legacy in the arts uh, and arts with the, an amazing intersection with the social conditions of life. It is a, uh, a dynamic visual combination that is a kind of biographical encyclopedia of hip hop, but it's also got a, a, a running text much like a hip hop lyric that kind of defines where this, where these artists came from, how this music developed and the social conditions in this country and certainly in New York City uh, that produced this incredible, basically global movement. So that's what I usually do. I usually start off our sessions uh, with, you know, with my reaction to the book, but you know, why don't you guys talk a little bit about the graphic history? hip-hop what what is it uh before i'm gonna let walter do that because walter is the historian but uh walter you should know that every time i'm with calvin he is like the ultimate hype man and it's i i'm always incredibly embarrassed <laughs> because he waxes in a way where even i you know and i'm not bashful I can talk. <laughs> yeah. uh, well, I am always going, oh, my God. You know, I, so as I always say, let me just get this last part out of the way. Ladies and gentlemen, I did not pay him to do that. As I've said before, <laughs> this is not a, and more to come. I did not, not pay, a pay him to do that. not a paid promotional event. Absolutely not. not. <laughs> this is Calvin gushing about something that he thinks is important. No, of course. Of course. And, and I thank you for that, my friend. There you go. All right. So, no, yeah, let's, so let's talk about it. Yes. <laughs> So the, the graphic history of hip hop is basically our, our way to look back over 50 years and look at this, this movement that transformed not just world culture, but so much about the way how we think about ourselves, how we communicate. And this piece basically is, is a first block. It's the first step 
where we try to kind of illustrate two things. And um, the the school districts, uh, city of New York schools were really generous in putting this together for us. Um, the first step was really talking about the city of New York itself, talking about what is this place? How do we see the city? Because I find in my work, wherever we live, we lose track. We can't always see the big picture of what's happening all around us. And so that's really the first half of, of this particular comic is to tell you the story of what was happening in New York after the civil rights movement. How were artists responding to it? How were people figuring out their world had been reinvented by these federal civil rights laws? Jim Crow was no longer a permanent and defining feature that you had these signs up everywhere talking about where you could be and who you could be. And so hip hop is a big piece of what emerges out of soul and R&B and jazz. And we set that table uh, very clearly in the first few pages. But then how did it happen in New York? Why are we looking at the Bronx? Why are we looking at the Queen at Queens? Why are we looking at Brooklyn? And so framing the boroughs as, as part of this history of the last part of the 20th century is huge because it actually helps us understand a lot of different places, both in the United States and around the world. And so the history gives a frame, but then we got to get into the music. And that's when we get into the lyrics and the sound and the emotion of what people were feeling over the last 50 years. And that's really the joy. That's what Tim's art brings to the table is the living experience that people remember. And they had they don't really see validated very well. Like we had this really brilliant piece that came out from the Grammys on Sunday night. But it, it's still not complete. There's not something enduring about the way that this genre has has changed our, our way of thinking. And that's really what the comic does. And it communicates it to a new generation. It helps younger people understand the value of what has shaped their parents and now even their grandparents. And Tim, you want to add to that at all? On yeah, the I would say side? that, right. Well, you know, Calvin, we've known each other for a while now. I'm a square. Uh, I'm a square. I am. I'm a square. I am a square. You're the I, hippest square I ever met, but go well, on. Well, let me, let me <laughs> say this. I have had a complicated relationship with hip-hop over the decades. I've always been a, in and around it, yeah, missing yeah. images to make my living. Uh, my project, Black Metropolis, for yes. a millisecond mm -hmm. there in 97, 98, was published in like three or four issues of Rap Pages magazine, which... You know, these are the type of things you forget when you realize how long this thing's been around. Uh, I, I did early, early hip hop imagery of like Queen Latifah and Public Enemy from like back in 1988, mm -hmm. So this project has been a sort of rediscovery and a full circle moment for mm -hmm. me in my career. Uh, and also connecting here with Walter, who was gracious enough to ask me to become a project because he didn't have to do this. And he yeah. always goes, oh, yeah, of course I did. Of course, no, he didn't have to. He could have picked any number of dudes out there or dudettes who could do a great job. And he picked me uh, because, and you can correct me if you think I'm wrong here, because he knew I would give it the proper level of scale because mm -hmm. hip hop, you know, I have my perceptions about it and my limited knowledge, but because when you are having to do visual context to the written context, 
it forces you to become educated as you're working. Sure. Right? I, I do not claim to be historian, but oh boy, I know more than I did. Uh, and it this thing means so much to so many people of all ages. In fact, I'll make a prediction during this interview. Uh, I always say, hey, everybody has an opinion on hip hop. Everybody, doesn't matter whether you're a Fortune 500 executive or you're just a regular person who does a nine to five, it doesn't matter. And I will predict that before this is over, even Calvin will give us his opinion on hip hop because everybody does. And it's a joy uh, to have done this. This project um, is easily the biggest project I've ever done of my career. I can't believe I'm saying it was true. Well, you've done some, I mean, Infinitum is a pretty big project, too. You know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? I'm not trying to pit the two against each other. You know what I'm saying? But I didn't get swarmed by school kids. (laughs) We're going to talk about that. This is on camera. I got swarmed. We got swarmed. Yes, there's video evidence. I've never seen that before. You're a hip-hop star. This is easily the largest. Right. This is the largest (laughs) project of my career, but it is me. It is because it's bigger than all of us. Well, and, and that's if I'll jump in at that point, because it is I mean, I have my own personal connections with hip hop, but I'm also of a generation that, you know, I was slower to come to it. But uh, I I always had people around me talking about it and and you can't escape it. And of course, what we've seen, I mean, hip hop has transformed the world in the ways and, and I'll, Dr. Greeson can talk about this but in the ways that the legacy of of black excellence and black creativity have has done forever it has always kind of transformed american popular culture uh from the ground up if, if that's the best way to say it and and certainly my eyes have been opened as as a guy who came up as a jazz obsessive to understanding how hip hop fits into this incredible arc of the transformation of North American culture and ultimately world culture that hip hop does. But I, that's okay. So that's, I, I, my, that's my gushing just a little bit. But one thing I also want to make sure is that this work is being distributed throughout the New York City public school system. If I didn't make that clear, and you might want to talk about it. And part of this new, uh, this new world of, of, of adoration for Tim Fielder uh, as these kids see this master artist perform and interact with them, it's something to see. So, yeah. So, I mean, my next question really is how did this project come together as an educational publication? And maybe you can do that and talk about the, what is this? The, the civics for all comics group at, uh, at the New York city department of education. So either one of you, please jump in. So uh, I'll start with that. Uh, the piece with Civics for All and the folks doing social studies education for New York City are some of the best educators in the world. Um, Joe Schmidt in particular, he and I have been collaborating on projects for two or three years now. And so in December of 2022, he said, listen, you know, we have this thing coming and I want to ask you, is it possible? Could could we possibly do a comic graphic novel about the history of hip-hop and for him from outside of it he's looking at it just there's no educational resources on the subject there's just nobody has done anything to even draw on to start to build 
lesson plans and unit plans. And so I come back to him as somebody who's been teaching hip hop classes since 1994. I was like, yeah, that's not a big deal, but we need an artist. We, we need somebody who's going to be compelling in, in putting this thing together. And I, I had seen Tim's work over the last couple of years, going back probably 2014, 2015, with Afrofuturism. And again, he's heard me tell this story over and over again. But we were working on a project uh, to stop um, the spread of nuclear weapons around the world. Mm -hmm. And in the course of those conversations, like on a, on a Zoom call like this, he's spontaneously generating some of the most beautiful art to kind of encapsulate what the ideas, what, what the debate was in the conversation. And I made a mental note when I saw this. I was like, the next time I need an artist, Tim is the first person I'm calling. Like this, this process, this skill, I work with lots of artists. Nobody, nobody brings it like Tim. And so um, I told Joe about Tim, uh, reached out to Tim just out of the blue. And um, thank God he picked up the phone and was like, yeah, man, what's up? And I laid the piece out. And so that was uh, December, January, the contracts were all signed. Um, March script was in, um, what was it June, July, the art was, was done. We had to go through a couple months August, of revisions, August. <laughs> <laughs> but we got through the process and then, um, the launch was November 15th of, uh, 2023 where it was beautiful. We got to train teachers. Uh, we got to go wow. see high school students. I mean, how many, can I talk, how many copies are being, being distributed in the, in the school system? That's a hundred thousand. Wow, thousand. That's that's the floor. Actually, they've wow. already exceeded that. They're they're actually in second demand, round of demand for all this stuff. So I didn't know that. When did that happen? Yeah, that was a couple Whoa. days. ago. yeah. So <laughs> they got all the stuff out to the schools in the first week of December, and two weeks later, they're like, "Yo, we need more. Need more." So <laughs> um, well, it's, it's really it, exciting. It, it's a measure of how hungry kids are for this idiom. Um and I won't just say kids. Let me just say just, real yeah, quick. Okay. Not just like kids. we went out, we we mm. went down to Nashville, Tennessee for an educators conference, and we had one hour to just sit and chat with some folks and give away some free copies. People stormed the table. People stormed the educators did not let us up. We were in there for two and a half hours. We went to our next stop just to make a visit. They were like, we already like everybody already took all our copies because they were looking wow. for them. So no, people are treating these like gold. Well, I mean, that's part of the this inc the just the amazing impact of of hip hop in all its forms. I mean, I mean, we're kind of talking about right now the the, the music part, of course, but hip hip hop, uh, you know, is composed of what the you know uh, writing and then the break dancing. You know, I mean, some of this seems to be lost in some of the years since then. Um, but you know, the, one of the things when you're reading this comic is, uh, and maybe you could just uh, uh, take us through a, I mean, some of the beginning of it. I love how you identify sort of some antecedents to hip hop in James Brown and and funk and funkadelic. So you're, one minute you're talking about you know uh, the music, and in another minute you're talking about the context. So maybe you could take us through a little bit of the beginning of uh, of the book and how you. How you define these areas, these eras of hip hop? Because we, we we're really talking about the arc of this music developing over time. 
Yeah, so I was fortunate in fall of 22, I was teaching a class called Black Music, Black History. Mm -hmm. And this was for first year students. A couple of sophomores who were very interested in the topic took the class. And so I'd been doing hip hop classes forever. But in that particular course, I really drew back to study the, the evolution of black music in, in the 19th and 20th centuries. Mm -hmm. And the students just loved it. Every day they were getting to hear sounds that they had never seen heard before. They got to link it together with the history of black struggle, the, the real pursuit of freedom for all people. And so it was just, it was much more powerful than I expected it to be. And so coming out of that, the last month of the class was all hip hop. And they are coming up in an era since, you know, 2005, 2006, where they're hearing a lot of commercial hip hop, where it's really just party music. And it's, it's, it's a lot about just kind of like really luxury fantasies that people can live. And so this thing where they got more grounded in the aesthetic and they were able to connect gospel to jazz, jazz to blues, like they, they were able to tour through this and they built their own curriculums. At the end of the semester, students have taken this curriculum from that course to Chicago, back to Virginia. And so these folks are doing amazing work. And then this, this chance to do a hip hop comic comes in at that moment. And so, of course, you know, when I'm writing the script and about to send it to Tim, you know, like, yeah, we got to tell the story about the 50th anniversary. We got to get the basic facts right. But historicizing, placing everything in context is essential. And, and as innovative, as brilliant as all of hip hop is, it's grounded in this in this African diaspora struggle for human dignity. And that goes back 400 years. Mm. So trying to like touch base and, and put something like this together and not pay attention to the antecedents, it violates <laughs> the fundamental thing of how it exists. It's, sure. it, it, would be, it would be dishonest. And so it, it gives it power, it gives it strength. But I, I think what Joe Schmidt at NYC DOE felt was like it teaches people about how to look for the roots of knowledge. Mm. How do you actually have an orientation to look behind what's on the surface? And, and if that's what's working, if that's what's making it helpful for educators, I, I can't think of a better compliment. I mean, the, the book kicks it, uh, do, do you want to jump in, Tim? Mm -hmm. Well, the, did you see how what this guy just said? He said it so eloquently. I was like <laughs> sitting back on like, oh, me too. You know, I'm kind of like, you know, <laughs> you know because it, he knows the subject. There's a certain level of gravitas with it. He's credentialed. Right. We got that out of the way. <laughs> and so what he does, he needs me to bring my ability to tell a story and the visuals to bring in the visual narrative. So quick, quick aside. So this is will be an extended version, which we'll talk about, mm -hmm. I'm sure, during this interview. So in the timeline that's integrated through the version that is in the DOE, it's double the size. Mm -hmm. He's mentioning Richard Nixon is reelected. Now, I could just show Richard Nixon. But we also know that during that time, the bombings in Vietnam were going on. Mm -hmm. So to provide a different context from the initial pages, Richard Nixon is voted in, right? Mm -hmm. To 
Richard Nixon is reelected in 1973, but what was created in 1973? Hip hop. Right? That's when, right. It gives me the opportunity, or I should say the responsibility to bring that visual noise, that visual narrative to his written narrative. Certain things are written, certain things are implied. And, you know, it's a Mobius loop. It could go on and on and on, but I would say easily the best collaboration of my career. Well, just just flipping through the pages here, and I I, want to mention, I mentioned a little bit about how you talked about um, uh, James Brown and Funkadelic, but really the book kicks off with Gil Scott Heron and The Last Poets, which for, for, you know, someone of my generation, you know, it grounds me in a in a certain uh, uh, view of hip hop because these you know these were kind of the cultural like you know spokespeople from for me when I was in college. Gil Scott Heron and 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 it just goes on. Um, it, just as you were saying, you mentioned these political figures. Later on, it mentions the transitions actually from certain black gangster figures. Bumpy John- Johnson up in Harlem, uh, Malcolm X, who started out, you yeah. know, obviously on the other side. <laughs> so, um, and it just goes on through there. But as I was saying earlier, it's a, it's also a biographical uh, encyclopedia because these personalities obviously are important to carrying the message and grounding them in the social condition. So, I mean, maybe you can talk about all of these incredible figures from. You know, from Curtis Blow, from uh, DJ Cool Hurt, Fab Freddy Five, putting these images together and giving them context. The Grandmaster Flash. I mean, you goes on. It goes on and on. Uh, yeah, talk a little bit about bringing the images together and making it this outline come alive on the page. Uh, okay, I, I'll speak to that. I'll speak now. Uh... Uh, Calvin, you can edit part of this out. Uh, I, 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 don't, I ain't edited nothing out. Oh, well, okay, okay, okay. okay. <laughs> this, is, this is how we do it. Okay, <laughs> I know, but there's some stuff. To, it's like we leave it all in, unless I say something really dumb. No, well, I, I, well that's that that really would be me that would do the dumb part. Uh, well, well, we'll, we'll I, I would say that <laughs> hip hop is not American culture, it's world culture. Uh, okay. because, of its, <laughs> because of its scale and scope, yeah. it has literally permeated every aspect of our society, from our advertising, from the way we look at gender roles, both pro and against, as we look at our politics, policing, and obviously the prison industrial complex. Uh, comics, I am a comic book artist, you know, a supposedly older middle career, you know, going towards the end of my career. Now doing this, it is in academia. It is in journalism. It permeates all of our lives and just a basic, even slight digging underneath the surface opens up a completely new vantage point, every hole that you dig into some aspect of how hip hop moves the world. And the beauty of that is you'll be drawing things that move the world. The not so beautiful part is it goes on 
and on and on. Okay. I'm going to jump in for just a second, only because comics themselves are going through a great transformational North. I should say North American comics are going through a great tra uh, a transformation and globalization of content as it moves beyond the one genre medium that, um, you know, that it has been to some extent for the last hundred years. I mean, you know, obviously overly focused on the superhero uh, genre, nothing wrong with it. We love superheroes too, but we're seeing a new kind of marketplace, a new kind of fan uh, uh, that can embrace all of this, including what you've done to, to, tra to use comics to track the history of this world-changing uh, medium. There, so, there, yeah, there, I can put there, my two cents in, that's all. Right. As I said, he was going to give us uh, his opinion. He just I, did. I throw it. <laughs> hey, I was right again. <laughs> <laughs> it's because it brings that out of people, man. Yes, it, it brings absolutely. that out of people. That's look, look. I'm very good at what I do. I have never seen Fortune 500 executives speak so passionately about a form. It's just it, that's what it means. And you, you know what I'm saying. And what I'm saying is, Calvin. Uh, I, I'm I'm not yeah well, well I'm poking a little fun but 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 it's because it means so much to all of us absolutely and that's the beauty of it and doing these images to to answer your earlier question it is about trying to show the proper reverence beauty sometimes ugliness. And realism, yeah. the, the the authenticity to this. In fact, uh, in the that's the there are title sequences where it's uh, the East, the West, right? In the newer version, those will be years. That was done by Jamar Nichols, who oh, is the, oh, yes, uh -huh. the author illustrator of of uh, Leon the Extraordinary. Sure, sure. And the reason why I reached out. You mean those fonts, those uh, those the, the logos? Because exactly. I want to talk to you about the re, you know uh, hip hop's regionalism. I mean, I think too often there's a sense that hip hop is one thing. Either it's one thing that you hate or it's one thing that you love. But it's but it's a really layered, nuanced, complex phenomenon that has branches, and the regional branches are one thing. So, and you do. This is a one of the great parts of this book is that it's kind of divided up about how hip hop has evolved. Okay, so so you thank you, brothers, for saying that. Uh, you said it better than I could have. Thank you, thank you. Uh, so I will say this, and one is more a a more direct, and the other is more personal. So, and and I'll describe to you how one of the images came about, which okay. I've told some people, but I, I guess I should tell you. Cool. If you yeah, I'm gonna keep it now. So. Jamar was picked because Jamar is a comic book artist. He is. He's also a tagger. Ah. Now, we could have just picked a tagger, a person who just does graffiti. But Jamar understands the comics medium. Now, I could have done it, but I wasn't going to do that great a job. I'm not. That's I'm, I'm an Afrofuturist guy, right? I'm a space right. right? But because I had access to him, what he did was he allowed the coverage of Walter's text to have more weight because the text suddenly became a graphic. Mm -hmm. And right. then when you juxtapose that, 
to the visual story. Everything got to be rendered. You got to see the glistening, glistening uh, uh, grease on 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 uh, 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 MC Hammer's shoulder because you know MC Hammer worked out and everything. So you got to have that. When you mix those things together, then you have something that, in a print visual form, is emulating the best parts of what hip hop is. Right now, personal thing. So. I, 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 so th this is for the audience, and, and Calvin, you can cut this out. So <laughs> I cut I'm, working, out. I'm, working, <laughs> I'm working on a page, right? Okay. So we finally realized, Calvin, I mean, Walter and I, we yeah. got to put Will Smith in there. Yeah. Well, you know, he's got to, he's got to be in there. No matter what right. you think if, of Will Smith, he's got to be in there. <laughs> if you have Will Smith, you can't have Will Smith without Jazzy Jeff. Well, of course. He's in there. You're my friend. I'm talking to you. I was like, yeah, man, we got Will Smith and Jazz Jeff in there. You say, oh, so that must be my brother's in there. I'm like, oh, God. <laughs> well, I did say that, yeah. Yes, you did. I'm I like, did. yeah, man, yeah. So, but you can't. And my brother is like, kid, is kid of kid and play. So just, that's so, a, so just know, not that's to be mysterious. Sibling. That's his sibling. And with his partner, play. Right, so you can't have kid in there without play. No, absolutely not. But here's the thing: <laughs> you start a fight. <laughs> you begin to realize that these guys were feeding off of each other. They were playing tennis the whole time. Their vibe. They were the first major, uh, film slash TV. Sure, house party stars was, a, was and also a they were massive cultural products, similar styles. Mm -hmm. But in the background, this came to me, oh, my God, Heavy D. Similar vibe, but Heavy D, unfortunately, is not here with us. So that image to me, that's what, and I'm sorry for, 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 for saying a great like image. this book. That's it's what really this book is. And I'm so privileged uh, that Walter just let me do this. Thank you, man. Oh, man, stop. This is part of jump. And, you know, like the beauty of it is that kind of evolution, it connects so many different people. So to the, the initial question about like uh, Gil Scott and then we talked about Last Poets, each portrait um, does something historians um, have kind of left behind is they, they create a, a biographical testimony. Mm -hmm. And so often, too often, for amazing people in our lives, we, we only really get to see them in the light of all they've accomplished after they're gone. At the funeral, someone will deliver a eulogy and talk about all of the things this person stood for, represented, offered the world, and their frailty, the things where they failed, the things where they struggled. Your portraiture, your ability to capture the beauty, the strength, the vulnerability of the people that you, you've illustrated, that does that in immediate, real time for people in a way when we can still, it's beyond just showing their flowers. It's not just saying, oh, we appreciate you. It's like, we remember you. We honor you. That, that distinct gift is only really available through art. And it, it's, it's kind of crazy to me, historians, uh, we do biographies still, but typically there's a, a lot of, I'll say, red tape about who is appropriate to be written about um, if you're a professional historian. Um, it's not generally done for the average person. Mm -hmm. And so 
for me, my my first book as a historian was called The Path to Freedom. Mm-hmm. And it was about Black families living in rural communities in New Jersey. And it was about ordinary people. And it essentially launched a movement among scholars called the Black Quotidian, Q-U-O-T-I-D-I-A-N, the Black Quotidian. And it's the way of honoring everyday life, mm-hmm. the way that we see the people that we treasure that never get a statue, that never get to have their portrait hung in a gallery or the White House. How do we celebrate the ordinary people who make life special for us? And that's that's one of the most brilliant and breathtaking things in this particular comic. For all the other layers we put in from, from academics and art, to celebrate these individuals because they had the everyday impact and, and they lifted themselves into the way that people now see their own voices and, and hear their own presence around the world. Your art does that. And, and that that's just something, I don't know, we, we can't say that about very many people in their craft. And of course, comics, of course, is, is the, the seamless combination of words and pictures. And uh, I'd love to hear you both talk about that in relation to female hip hoppers, because the book obviously takes takes makes it makes it clear uh, to make sure that these pioneers are also included in this uh, this look back over this commanding art of hip hop's development. So, yeah, tell us a a little bit. Well, you can jump around if you want, because once again, I do think uh, the 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 regionalism, how you point point to that and of course the inclusion of making sure that the women are focused on as well yeah what what can you tell us about that in the book so how first of all walter thank you for saying that it 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 I, you know I, i'm sitting here thinking i've drawn a portrait of everybody in this interview <laughs> you know what i'm saying because portraiture capturing someone's essence and relating to the question you're asking now uh calvin is very much as you have oral histories, written histories, I consider part of what the graphic history of hip hop, which is why we came up the title, the graphic, graphic, meaning the image, the graphic history of hip hop, is because we are recording that for the record. And portraiture is part of that. Now, as it relates to women in hip hop, you know, uh, we have barely scratched the surface but it was a concerted effort to make sure that they were represented you had to have little kim you have to have a queen latifah you have to have money love you have to have uh 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 uh, uh lauren hill and that's just in the version and there are others but that's just in the salt and pepper excuse me for not mentioning them right yeah, you gotta have them in there. In there. i had to put them in there right <laughs> They're in there. the extended version, you gotta have um uh 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 Miss Melody. You gotta have it because this is the you know, we're dealing with the early parts, you know, Roxanne Shante, well both Shante Roxanne's mm-hmm. <laughs> you, know, you know what I'm saying? So d- those things were important because since as you're stating, graphic novels or comics in general. Are the it's about the dance between the words and the pictures. Sometimes mm-hmm. they go hand in hand. Sometimes it's mostly words. Sometimes it's all. Sometimes you're showing, not telling, right? So it's that dance. That's what it is. With the way I felt 
particularly it's 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 tricky. It's like how we how do you show Lil Kim? How do you show her? You know what I mean? To, obviously, one of the most beautiful women in the world. Sure, sure, uh, easily. But okay, but this is for eleventh graders. But it has applications that can go towards adults as well as younger children. I've seen some middle graders lose their minds, right? <laughs> but it's like, how do I show her? Show that she was talented, but also the obvious physical beauty, right? Mm -hmm. uh, so, how much do you reveal? How much do you not reveal? There are things that people will never see in the full image of that. Like, okay, I can't show that part, right? But I can show this part. So, it was about doing that within the sequential form. Okay, what do I show now? What do I show next? How do we have that reveal sometimes overtly, sometimes in a subtle way? The next major plot point that Walter's written. And it was that dance, that continuous dance that went on and on and on. You know, your portraits have a certain dynamic quality to them. They're, they're, they're you know, they're really renderings. They're, they're digitally done, but they're, they're layered. I mean, they're not the classic comic black line, you know, fill it in color. They're not, not knocking at anybody. I'm oh, just saying, though, that you you do painted graphic novels, actually, which is not easy to do because very often the painted graphic novels uh, get a little inert on the page. We've all seen this. You don't have that problem. Uh, is it because you work digitally or, you know, just your training as an animator? But you you can do portraits that are kinetic. And that's not easy. And it's and it's perfect for this music, which is so kinetic for your audience, which in this case, there's a large number of kids. But but yeah, what can you tell us about how you how you situate these faces on the page so that they where, you know, you may only have an author on one panel, but it comes a lot. All right. First of all, thank you. This is the first time I've ever been asked this in an interview ever. Well, there you go. Anyone has ever <laughs> asked me about my portraiture within the context of my work. So thank you. All right. <laughs> You're welcome. So I'm going to tell you the secret. And it's why I believe Walter Pickman. Because sure. everything starts off as drawings. You can have a stick figure. But if you apply realistic lighting and photographic yes. phenomena mm -hmm. to that stick figure, all of a sudden, it's no longer an iconic graphic. It begins to blend into realism. Sure. Right? Now, generally, people who do portraiture work in the reverse. Right? They start with a reference image, and they copy it. Mm -hmm. Right. Right? Which is good. I do it all the time. Mm -hmm. But I have found that before you do that, and this is the strength that Alex Ross brings to his work. That's why mm -hmm. his work doesn't, you know, it has a little kinetic energy to it. It's because he starts with a kinetic breakdown. Mm -hmm. So when Walter is telling me that story, you know, like the opening sequence, you know, mm -hmm. he goes, you know, you know, the Bronx. Right. Okay. Well, how do you, what do you show? Okay. You got the word, but you got to show, uh, you got to show a landmark. Right. Right. Okay. So we pick up Yankee Stadium. Right. Okay. Then you go to Staten Island. Well, Staten Island, you know, is interesting. Staten Island ferry. Let's put the ferry in there. You see what I'm saying? So it's 
it's words people who read comics sometimes don't understand that the words are directions. Mm-hmm. So if, the, if it's like words, then below that will be the person speaking it. So you know you start here and you go there. So it's just that zig and zag. And if you bring things like portraiture or realistic imagery mm-hmm. into that dynamic, then it adds something even more. It means that you have the beauty and the fun of a American style comic mm-hmm. book reading experience, but with that beautiful band designate fully rendered sure. art on top. So it's like having your razzle and your dazzle. And your dazzle. That's it. <laughs> there you go. Who says you can't bring it home with 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 the language too? There you go. So <laughs> So look, well, um, uh, so we're we're trying to touch on some of the just the unique qualities of this uh, uh, of of this publication, um, but I I know that this is just the first version of this. We're going to see uh, an enlarged version, uh, a book collection, because this is a classic American comic book. Um, but we're going to see another version of this coming down uh, in the twenty twenty four. Right. So you want to. Talk a little bit about the the book collection version of the graphic history of hip hop. Yeah, so the free version for the students of New York is is basically the the teaser, and so mm-hmm. Tim and I have put together a hardcover edition that will be available very shortly, and this one is basically coming out with a a artistic timeline that looks over the fifty years and illustrates the different points of history that frame the development of the culture. And so that that fundamental um, technique of bringing not just kind of general narrative writing, but the way we take particular moments that people remember, that people can look up and find out more about online and actually illustrating them in particular ways, every every panel is kind of like a, a priceless work of art. It's something that could could inform a large gallery show, as we've already seen with some of other Tim's work, both at Carnegie Hall and at the Smithsonian and other places. And so this work showing up in the hardcover edition, it's a collector's item. It is, it's something that anybody who wants to understand the last 50 years really needs to have so that they can share with their families, share with children, talk about memories that they have at different moments from, from different performers. So that that's we're really excited for that next piece. But uh, the New York City schools have also extended us an additional contract to do wow. two more school versions <laughs> that uh, will okay. come out for uh, next fall. And then those okay. two school versions will have expanded hardcover editions as well. And so at, at some point down the road in 2025 or 2026, there might be some kind of omnibus or way that we pull all the work together. When we were in Nashville, dozens of school districts and states reached out. We're saying, how do we get something like this for our students? So, you know, every day now I'm getting an email from someone else who wants to build their own version of what we're doing with the graphic history of hip hop and generally with graphic history period as as a genre. How do we have a stronger impact on the society combining art and historical knowledge? And so I, I think we're at the beginning of something very, very big, but the hardcover edition of the first issue can't can't be missed. Like this is the thing Probably. that in the ne- next couple months, like if you don't have a copy, uh, you'll regret it the rest of your life. There you go. Um, it's going to be a hot ticket. So uh, be prepared. It's coming to, I guess, bookstores, you know, 
near everywhere. So, um, yeah, that's but, the time we're in. The books can go anywhere now. So, um, uh, so I am curious. I know you've been doing public events. Uh, we we mentioned it a little bit. You want to talk about that a little bit because your reception has been uh, phenomenal. <laughs> Rock star, I think, is um, you know one word you could be used. Uh, but tell us a little bit about public public events you've been doing. Where are you doing them, and what's been the reception? Yeah, go for that, Tim. Start start telling about Texas. Yeah, so. It's like it's weird. It's like, you know, because as I said that this this thing means so much to so many people, uh, you have that context, right? Which mm -hmm. is where it gets kind of ethereal. You don't know what it is. You know, it's just, it's this thing and it's clearly bigger than us, right? That's one. The other point is that Walter and I work really well together in front of audiences. Cool. Which is weird because it's like, you know, we're like, you know, well, well, Walter's sexy. I'm not sexy, right? You know what I'm saying? So, so there you go. You know what I'm saying? So, <laughs> well, I not too many academics get called sexy. So, you know, Walter's you know what? sexy, you but I'm not sexy, right? I'm not academic, <laughs> right? You know, but I'm just saying, you got we it. Can stand in front of audiences, young and old, and mm. we've done it. We've done it. We've been with. The magic of hip hop, even in academia, it's transformative. It's and so <laughs> what's happened is while Walter's talking, I am drawing on the screen behind him, ah. illustrating what he's saying in real time. Well, Father, go ahead, excuse me, go ahead. No, 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 Father, because I am drawing people in the audience. It's making them connect to the work. So it becomes this multisensory experience. I mean, it's, it's performance, sudden, man. You, right. it, it, it's a performance. We bring in a DJ. I'm like, oh, man. I don't know about <laughs> you know, well, I, well, I, you know, I can't maybe, wait. I, I maybe, know this is going to happen. It's maybe so you know what I'm saying, but I'm not a DJ, man. I don't know it like that. I don't do that, you know. But if, but you see what I'm saying? I hear that, you. So it's this other aspect. That is when you're bringing that, say, into the National Council for Social Studies or in the Center for Africana Futures in Houston, Texas, you're bringing it in that kind of informative energy is mm -hmm. what I would call it. You're bringing that informative energy into these environments that oftentimes don't have a lot of energy. Because, you know, Walter's providing context, I'm providing, I'm the comedic energy, and I can draw real fast, right? You put those <laughs> things together, and it becomes like, it's it's something that's pretty amazing. You did take that and match it with the book, mm -hmm. and that's when the calls start, yo, can you go to Virginia? Can you come to Virginia? Can you come to San Francisco? And it's like, man, that's two weeks from now. What are we going to do? <laughs> what are we going to do? You know, like Hudson and, 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 and what are we going to do? You know, so it's it's been incredible. Uh, I don't know if that added a deeper context, but I think that's what I'm seeing, and it's changing because yeah. it's really heating up. That's what I'm seeing that's happening. Well, you've been sending me these videos of kids, you know, basically storming, you know, the stage. So, uh, yeah, I think that's a real good description of what you're doing. How how what you're doing? How you're bringing together this print. You know this print side, this, this this social analysis side, and making it into a performance to, as well. So, 
Look, um, we're, we're, we're winding down here. This has been a great conversation. Uh, I'm thrilled at the publication. Uh, I, I, I want to point out to people today, it can also go to what is it, graphic, graphichistoryofhiphop.com. That's it. Uh, there's, there's more information there about what you're doing, about the publication, uh, about your, your, your own accomplishments. Um, but look, what else? Is, did I leave anything out? Anything you want people to, to leave with? Uh, uh, when they start thinking about the graphic history of hip-hop? Yes. There will be two more volumes. We said this before right. we repeated. There will be two more volumes. All right. Uh, it will very shortly be for purchase in terms of the general public. That'll be hardcover because we want it to be a collectible, right? Uh, uh, Walter and I have other plans. Uh, the graphic history of anything. Ah. Uh, it's a pleasure to be a partner with him on this. Uh, and uh, there's a documentary already on the way for the graphic history of hip hop. Oh, okay. Yes, they're filming. Well, when you say it. documentary, you mean a film documentary? No, a series, documentary yeah. series. Excellent. Uh, where you know we will have historians, of course. Uh, uh Walter will be the Rod Serling. You know, uh, you know, we'll have to have there a you go. Uh, right. <laughs> you know, so that it'll be that. Uh, and uh, just. You know, I, I just a lot coming down the pipe. I mean, some stuff I'll I'll keep like Carnegie Hall and stuff to later. But yeah, yes, yes, amazing. there you go. So th yeah, there's more on the Afrofuturist tip coming too. Yes. Yeah, uh, Doctor Greason, any yes, final sir. words? I just tell people as much as we can. Um, when you can connect with things that are beautiful in your life. There's so much bad news. There's so much fear and war and things that can drag us down. Grab on to everything that you can that keeps you encouraged, keeps you hopeful, makes you believe in a brighter day tomorrow. And that's ultimately what frames a lot of the work we're doing with, with graphic history of hip hop is that there's enormous adversity and, and real pain that, that is a part of this story. But at the end of it, we still see a brighter day that's possible. We come through it and we continue to struggle and impart our faith in a better world through the work that we do. And so that that's the best thing I think we can offer. And I know there's so many people that need it right now. I I love it. That's I mean, and then that's a, a perfect uh, culmination for this little episode of the show here. Thanks so much. And we're talking about the graphic history of hip hop by Walter Greeson and Tim Fielder. Thank you both for being on More to Come. Thank you. Thank you.